0: Of course I knew Captain Rain, Scriv says, standing on the deck of the Voidfarer, holding a ledger book in front of him as crates of supplies are being loaded on board. The quill built into his warforged hand continues to tick off items as they're loaded, even though his attention seems to be on you. He was the one who initially recruited me to the Voidfarer many years ago. Adam Rain was a a good man, and even a better captain. Brohane says, loading hull repair supplies into the back of Ira on the dock of Voidfarer Cove. Shipwrights and workers are erecting scaffolding around the Voidfarer itself in the background. Captain Val learned everything she knows from him. Adam was my best friend long before he acquired the Voidfarer, Elmsworth reminisces, sitting by himself at a table in the corner of Kandori's cradle with a wood tankard of ale in front of him. The tavern is crowded. Music is playing. Scuttlebutt and Jack and Tatters are dancing on a table in the background. Whoops and hollers can be heard over the music as the crewmates cheer on the kinku and Tabaxi. It was an honor when he asked me to be his first mate. Him and I ran a tight ship back in the day. Coot blinks his clouded over eyes at you as he stands in the middle of his cramped galley holding a large pot of water having paused midway through placing it on the cast iron stove um who <laughs> No, no Ah. <laughs> Well, we didn't know him too terribly well. We were brought on shortly before he left, Melinda says, sitting there next to her brother, Merrill, a plate of eggs and breakfast meats in front of each of them in a much less busy Kindori's Cradle. A very hungover-looking Kinsley Duskforge is slumped over at the bar behind the two. Well, I thought he was just swell, Merrill chimes in. Love the ship. That much, I can tell. He always did right by the crew as well. Always. Oh, the captain! Coop says as he heaves the pot back onto the stove, leaning backwards against the counter, his big turtle shell knocking gently into some hanging pots and pans. The captain was an honorable man and an exceptional fighter, Roxana says as she's running a whetstone along the length of her great sword as she's sitting on one of the cannons on the gun deck. Val's great. Why do you ask? <laughs> No, I I don't know if I would say he was acting weird or anything, Melinda says, furrowing her brow. Merrill speaks up. He did definitely seem like a man who was focused on what he wanted. And who could fault him for that, really? Kinsley! Get your head off my bar, you're a disgrace the doors everywhere. Magna Hell Windhelm, the proprietor of the establishment, shouts towards Kinsley with a smirk. Ugh, fuck you, Maggie. Look, you don't go flying around the void making a name for yourself like Adam did, without making friends and enemies alike. And sometimes it's hard to know which are which. Brohane laughed, stroking his reddish-brown beard before closing up Yura and fastening the cargo hatch to the mechanical spider. If I recall, he did have a pretty love-hate relationship with a few contacts within the elven Imperial fleet. Look. Elmsworth shifts in his chair, running his thumb and finger along his gray handlebar mustache, clearly thinking of the right words. Adam was a simple man. He didn't keep many effects. What he did take with him was left to the ship and his... and his daughter. But look, frankly, I'm uncertain why you're so awfully interested in these matters, Mr. Astorio. And he stands, finishing his ale, and sets the tanker down on the table. I would suggest you let the dead lie before walking away, leaving the crowded, noisy taproom. Leaving you, Marco, sitting alone at that table amidst all of the ruckus around you. Hmm. You have been talking to the crew over the last few days for about the first week or so of arriving back on the Deer anchorage, specifically asking them about the ship's previous captain. Captain Adam Rain, Val's father, and gotten a range of answers from everybody you've talked to. But now it has left you here a little bit tipsy, having shared drinks with so many people, having these conversations. But it seems to be a raucous night, and the crew seems to be definitely enjoying their time ashore currently.
1: Um, let's see, I've talked to just about everybody, so I would probably... Enjoy the night for the time being, and have one or two more drinks just to be friendly with the crew to make mm-hmm. sure I'm not just a guy just constantly nagging people with questions. So yeah, you're into like uh, your second ale now,
0: enjoying the revelry of the crew. And at that point,
1: Ravness walks in. Hey, Ravness,
2: how's it? Uh, how's it been going? Fine. Good.
1: Care to have a drink with me?
2: Sure. And she sits down with Marco.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, Maggie will bring you an ale. And, and you know that the, the crew of the Voidfarer has one big tab that is being taken care of, especially after the most recent score that you've had.
2: All right. So she will sit there for a little bit, kind of drinking her drink before turning to Marco and saying, um, how do you know when you're the first person to discover something?
1: Well, uh, why- why do you ask that?
2: I've been thinking about what I saw when we faced the Beholder.
1: Um, you'll have to forgive me, Ravness, but I don't think a crusty old Beholder in a pirate hat is actually that big of a find.
2: Not the Beholder, the old Githyanki. There's a- an... That I told you and Luckbeak about, and Luckbeak said I was crazy.
1: Oh, yes, I'm- I'm sorry, there's been a lot going on, um lost in my own thoughts some. I mean, it certainly is rare, I would say, but okay, how about this? What about this is particularly bizarre? What about this scenario is strange to you that you think is important?
2: Well, that there's an old Githyanki, that's the first thing, and also that it wasn't more noticeable at the time
1: okay so pretend I am a skeptic then why is this important like what is the key part that that is going to be important to tell people like if someone's trying to refute you how do you challenge them why is this important
2: I don't know that it is important I'm just curious
1: ah well in my opinion it's interesting, and it might be something worth looking into a little bit more. Um, but as it stands right now, I wouldn't say that it is the find of the century or anything to that nature.
2: Does it have to be? doesn't have to be,
1: necessarily, no. Um, but if you don't, I'm sorry, there's something that's not connecting for me here. Um, why is this important to you, then?
2: Well, don't you think it's strange?
1: It certainly is strange. Uh, don't, don't get me wrong... Um, I'm just very confused on what your motivation is here. Is it is it just curiosity?
2: I've never seen one before. I know it can happen, but it seems rare.
1: Well, what if we looked into it a little bit more? I mean, I could certainly help if you'd like.
2: How do we do that?
1: Well, I think the first thing I would do is if I found an old Yankee that is rarely if ever seen, I would start doing research on it. Um looking at various books about Githyanki anatomy what the aging cycle is like why this is weird and potentially go from there to whatever different pass it takes alright so um, all things considered how about I look into this a little bit more and see if I can find something that might point to wherever you'd like to go next
2: I think that sounds good there's something else too Oh. I want the spell shard back
1: Oh, um, certainly, of course. Um, Marco, like, reaches in and digs through his pouch and pulls it out and uh, slides it across the table. Well, I think that you'll probably get more use out of it than I would. It seems to be a lot of uh, Get the Yankee fighting techniques.
2: That's why I want it back.
1: Uh, understandable. I mean, as you place the like the glowing
0: orange shard on the table, you get some looks because it is also a hunk of Cinder Shard, a hunk of Phlygisterite. So some of the people at the nearby tables kind of do a little bit of a double take at it.
1: Um, I'm going to just look at them and then um, cast Ice Knife not to use it, but just to have it pop into my hand. <laughs>
3: Make an intimidation
1: check. <laughs> Alright. With advantage. <laughs> Thanks for that advantage by the way, because it's going to come in handy. Uh, <laughs> Alright, that's a that's a dirty 20, not that 20. Okay,
0: yeah, as soon as you do that, their eyes go wide, and they go right back into their tankards as they turn away
1: (laughs) from you. (laughs) They get the hint.
2: (laughs) And uh, Ravnus takes it and pockets it.
1: Alrighty. Marco raises a glass uh, and is like, "Uh, cheers to research, I suppose.
2: Cheers. She raises her glass and clinks it against his.
0: We're sorry. The foundation of Doar Ventures is currently closed. Please come back during regular operating hours. Oh, yep. If you are a Doar entrepreneur interested in enrolling in our business support services, please leave your name and method of contacting you in the drop box. And then in smaller print on this sign says, the foundation of Doar Ventures will contact you in the order requests are received, but cannot guarantee that it will make contact at all. Failure to receive a reply from us may be due to any number of reasons, including but not limited to. You do not qualify to receive our services. You have already been rejected for our services. You are in fact not a Doar. Your name is blacklisted. You are a beast that wishes us harm and or you are simply a business liability huh as you read this you find that there is no posted operating hours nor is there an actual
3: drop box okay huh uh, i ain't never heard the name blacklisted before it's a strange our name usually they're a little more hopeful than that um <laughs> no. Well, what does the the facade of the building look like? Is there a front window? Is there a something like that? Like all of the buildings of Nadir
0: Anchorage, they are made out of the makeshift remains of shipwrecks that Mm -hmm. make up the station itself. There is a window, but it appears to have a blind pulled down on the other side of it.
3: Uh okay. I'm going to knock on the door anyway. Sure. Hello? there is no answer sure well this was a wasted trip i suppose (laughs) ain't no big deal um so at that moment you turn
0: and you see someone familiar and in fact it is someone uh you've kind of been keeping an eye out for a little while ever since you received the sending stone ah it's Odyssey. Sure. Now, you've been meaning to have a conversation with Odyssey since that point. But since you got back to the Deer Anchorage, he's been kind of hard to pin down. He, he went ashore and has been gone for days at a time. And in this moment, you see him kind of slink out of a side alley or kind of across the main thoroughfare and head into a bank. Uh, And you can see uh, the sign that says the Noble Bank of Clan Moonhammer. And in fact, on the front of it is a large poster that says, open an account with Noble Bank of Clan Moonhammer, the (laughs) only bank in wild space backed by the royal wealth of His Majesty King Balmoral Moonhammer himself, featuring the logo consisting of a full moon with a vault door handle inlaid over it.
3: Sure. Nick, have I received any other messages from the Sending Stone aside from the one in the stinger of season two? (laughs)
0: You have not, in okay. fact, and any attempts that you have made, which I imagine you did, mm-hmm. to contact him through it have not received any reply.
3: Mm-hmm. It's been about a week since that point in time. Sure. Then I am going to wait outside of the bank for Odyssey.
0: So yeah, mosey on over there, and as the door swings shut, you catch just a glimpse inside, and you see that the interior is pretty simple. There is a... A kind of a long clerk's bench. Sure. The interior seems disheveled at your glance, like there's stacks of papers piled up and the workers seem a little tired and stressed out. But the thing that catches your eye the most other than Odyssey, there's someone else in there currently talking to a clerk and you can't hear what he's saying because you're just kind of glancing from the door as you kind of wait outside. But he looks kind of like... A very eccentric individual. He's wearing a ratty, like, long captain's overcoat with a moth-eaten hat with a feather. Mm -hmm. And it looks like he has an eye patch. And perhaps I'm burying the lead, though, because he's holding a leash that is attached to a grizzly bear-sized hamster (laughs) that is nibbling the corner of the clerk's desk. (laughs) How do I get this? I want this. (laughs) The clerk is kind of sitting there. Resting his chin in his hand with a very, I am over this expression, as this man is very wildly. Gesturing in some exuberant conversation.
3: Hmm. Have I ever seen anything like
0: this, uh, this hamster before? You would have heard of giant space hamsters okay. having grown up in a spacefaring society. Um, maybe would have seen one at like a zoo or something, mm-hmm. but definitely not being led around on a leash like this.
3: Sure. So this is the, the earth equivalent of some dude having like a tiger in the bank or something. Sort of, <laughs> okay, yeah. Okay, 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 okay. Yeah, it is like a very weird situation site right
0: you know in a bank (laughs)
3: um the clerks don't look freaked out or anything no what the fuck okay um i'm gonna go in and grab a piece of paper and like start filling out a deposit slip or something like Mm -hmm. something inessential but i i really truly just want to listen to the conversation that he's having because now i'm invested (laughs) sure so yeah you walk in so what i'm trying to
0: say is that the crux uh, uh, of this venture is that we acquire no less than 42 giant space hamsters to the quality and stamina of Mike Guacamole here, gesturing to the hamster next to him, to which they will be expertly trained to gnaw flow barnacles of spelljammer ships. Now how, how do the hamsters cling to the hull, you ask? A constant supply of potions of spider climb, of course. The hamsters will also obviously be trained to do tricks so their services can be rented out for parties and events as a side stream of revenue. The The dwarven clerk who's sitting there just kind of rolls his eyes and goes, All right, all right, sounds good. You're approved. 1,500 platinum pieces. (laughs) That's all it takes. Wow, holy crap. All right. Yeah, this clerk seems completely over it. It seemed like no matter what this guy said, he was going to get approved for this business loan. Uh,
3: Do I see Odyssey anywhere in here?
0: Yeah, Odyssey had walked up to one of the other clerks and seems to be making like a simple deposit. Okay. His back is to you right now and he hasn't noticed you walk in. The dwarf writes down what looks like a banknote and he goes, All right, Mr. Brigham Digby, is it? He goes, yes, yes, Mr. Brigham Digby. Yes. All right, Brigham, here you go. And he goes, Oh, no, no, no. Brigham is my middle name. My first name is Mr. <laughs> All right, Mr. Writes out the word and hands him the banknote. And uh, the guy kind of pockets it in the inside coat of his jacket. The dwarf, like, rolls his eyes again and goes, all right, let's fill out our paperwork, follow me, and takes him into a back office. And he has to, like, pull the hamster off of the, the clerk desk that it's been gnawing on this whole time.
3: <laughs> sure. Um, okay. I, I'm, I'm just yeah. waiting for Odyssey to finish what he's doing so I can have a conversation with him.
0: Yeah. So that happens in pretty short order. You see Odyssey hand over actually what looks like a pretty sizable sack of coin and receive a receipt and everything. And he turns and he kind of sees you and goes, oh. Fancy seeing you here.
3: Uh, good to see you too, buddy. Uh, mind stepping outside with me? We could have a little chat, a little constitutional, back to the ship. He looks a little nervous, but not really. He seems more confused than anything, mm. I guess. All right, all right. Um, so I step outside with him and I say, uh, what's the, the money for, Odyssey? Eh, everybody
0: has their side hustles, right?
3: Well, sure. I mean, we just got paid... Quite well for that last uh, mission. Not enough for you, huh?
0: I got I got friends here on the Deer Anchorage oh. that were relying on certain services.
3: I see, I see. Now, do these friends happen to be part of a certain uh, crew of people that I'm familiar with? Uh, He kind of, like, thinks for a minute.
0: I don't think so.
3: Odyssey, the suzerain. The,
0: su- <laughs> the suzerain? <laughs> Fuck, no, I'm not doing work with the suzerain. Uh, suzerain where did that come from
3: well i i mean i i i had been uh tailing you and uh i thought i saw you step into a uh suzerain uh uh speakeasy the other day that wasn't you then <laughs> that's i mean to me i listen so bad of me but a lot of tieflings look alike to me L- that's my fault wow wow hey, hey uh out of curiosity that stone you gave me though the other day uh where was that from it was so pretty are you feeling okay? Uh, yes. I didn't. I didn't
0: give you anything.
3: Yes, I'm realizing now. Uh, that I was. Uh, I was thinking of uh of a rock thrower, <laughs> tieflings, goliath. Honestly, anyone who is not a doar kind of is a blend to me. Sorry, uh, <laughs> let me go ask her about it. Right. I like, as soon as I turn my back, my eyes are big and I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh,
0: <laughs> so yeah, he kind of like shrugs and then turns and heads back down the alley that he, you saw him come out of, which was also kind of weird because he wasn't like using the main thoroughfare.
3: Sure. He was being mind controlled or something, which is a delight, but... Um, uh, I'm going to um use my shift weave tunic. Ah, and I, I, I don't know how to describe this outfit, but I think it's going to be kind of like a uh, a ringleader's outfit. I want it to be sort of like a suit, but almost like a huckster's suit, like a suit that looks expensive, mm. but it's kind of cheap when you look closer at it. Does that make sense? Hmm. Yeah, I think so. You only get, like, five...
0: Yeah. Outfits that are permanent. Right. And you can switch between them. So you're basically deciding that retroactively this is one of the five outfits yeah, that I, you have.
3: I did not define them. I figured I would define them as I went, or do they have to be defined when I get it?
0: Yeah, that's hundred percent fine. Technically, they are already pre programmed, but you could just decide what those are uh-huh. as we go. But once you decide, yeah. they're locked in.
3: Got you. Boy, oh boy. When you search ringleader on Google Images, it's all just sexy lady ringleader costumes. <laughs> Very bizarre. Okay, but yes, a ringleader will be one of them (laughs) kind of like a little bit of a gaudy suit with maybe tails yeah 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 and i'm i'm uh waiting outside of the bank okay so yeah you wait there for
0: a little while and then eventually uh mr brigham digby
3: walks out oh my spicy saskatoon (laughs) oh oh, oh, i miss him so oh oh. (laughs) you there what is that a giant space hamster why, yes, this is my guacamole. Well, what in the world? What? He looks just like Spicy Saskatoon. That's incredible. <laughs> wow. Well, I, I'm, I'm sorry, where'd you find him? I wonder if they're from the same litter.
0: Oh, uh, I, I have a, a breeder friend. A He's breeder? A, uh,
3: well, that's where Spicy Saskatoon is from, too. Good <laughs> gracious. I'm so, I'm, I'm s- so sorry. Uh, uh, my name is Stephen Monceau. Uh, I am a, uh, a, a, from the traveling circus, of course. Uh, the, uh, the, the public's Ration Circus. It's a pleasure to meet you. Um, I, I, listen, how, I would love to, to hire you and to hire, what did you say his name was? Guacamole? Guacamole, yeah. Oh, goodness. Are you looking for employment? Well, actually, I'm starting a business. I now you look like a savvy businessman, and this is I've been told that a lot. <laughs> this is a business with you and guacamole. Yeah. I see. And and what is it gonna? What what exactly do you do in this business? Well, I I, I
0: train giant space hamsters, and I'm gonna be training them to to clean the the uh the flow barnacles off spelljammer ships. Well, that's what I'm
3: saying is that we you are see, a looking- space
0: hamster could fit up to 200 pounds of matter into their cheeks
3: so mm-hmm. and
0: their teeth are sharp they sure. can pry the barnacles yep. right off and well, then just tuck them all yeah, in there until you, they're done. You got
3: exactly. That's what I was going to say to you which is so weird. Um but here's the thing there's <sighs> So we, I would love to. I mean, if you're willing to do it for other than you know peeling barnacles off ships, I would love to hire one of your space hamsters. There's a a, a very small uh, fee to apply to uh, to to uh, public rations, but um, uh, beyond that, if if your space hamster is accepted, it pays back about ten times that when we when we uh, take the hamster. Um, would you be willing to uh, to apply? It's only fifteen platinum. That does sound like a really
0: good deal. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, guacamole is the only space hamster I have right now. But I did just receive uh, a business loan that I'll be using to acquire the rest of my team of of giant space hamsters. So maybe
3: then we can do business when I have more space hamsters to spare. Sure. So you don't have... Tell you what, we're uh, our space is filling up so quick, and I'd love you. Seem like such a smart man. How about just five platinum will reserve you a spot for a later application? Does that make sense? Ah,
1: uh,
0: I suppose so. Uh, go ahead and make me a deception check. All right, I don't
3: know what the fuck I'm doing. Uh, deception. There we go. Okay, uh, twenty-seven. Twenty-seven.
0: Hmm. That seems really reasonable. Hmm. Uh, and what
3: did you say your name was? My name is Stefan. <laughs> <laughs> Stefan. Mm. Uh, no, I know everyone knows my name is Stefan Moulsou. Sorry, I had a little something in my throat. Uh, That happens to me all the time. Mm. Well, it, it,
0: I, I, I'd be happy to give you a five platinum. And he reaches into a pouch that is pretty sizable mm. and pulls out five platinum pieces Perfect. and he gives them to you and he goes uh, uh, how can i uh well, get have- in contact you when i have the the space hamsters to
3: spare you have a card of course right no um, well tell you what <laughs> i am always available at the foundation for doha ventures uh which you can find right down there um if i'm not in just drop a note in the Dropbox, and i will get back to you within the next business day that sounds really straightforward i'll do that very good thank you sir it's a pleasure to meet you <laughs> Pleasure to meet you as well. Oh, my spicy Saskatoon. Say bye, guacamole. Goodbye, (laughs) you beautiful creature. (laughs) Wow.
0: All right. So over the next couple weeks, Marco, you spend a lot of time studying, looking into this cosmic connection between you, Luckbeak, and Ravnus. You first thought it could be a connection with the passengers of the Stoic Gondolier, um, but after a very awkward exchange with Riley back on the ship, you ruled that out. Uh, for the most part. But you still wanted to find Braddock, Silence of Starlight, and their gnome companion, Zillin Thicket to see if maybe it had something to do with the groups of three. But so far, you're kind of poking around, hasn't really turned them up yet. So you continue doing your regular visits to the Archive of the Seekers and doing your own research yourself. Probably about two going on three weeks um, from when you first arrived on your anchorage. You're sitting in Kintori's Cradle on a quiet afternoon reading your notes. That is when you notice that tied to the strap of your bag is this weird blue wispy strand of energy.
1: Okay. um, And you don't know how it got there. I close my notes. Um. Slowly. (laughs) And then slowly reach to grab it and see what the fuck this is.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you grab it. It's almost like a vapor. It's weightless, but it does react to your touch. And you can kind of untie it, basically, which is a weird sensation because it doesn't feel solid, but you can still manipulate it. And it's about 10 inches long, and it's kind of this like undulating strand of wispy vapor.
1: Can I make an arcana check as I untie this thing you and just look over it? Absolutely can. All right. That will be a 16. A 16?
0: You're not sure. Mm. Like it's definitely magic. Okay. And you you venture a guess that it is the result of a spell, but not a spell that you are familiar with.
1: Hmm. Well, what to do with this? Well, if I'm not sure what it is, I could, um, could I go to the archives maybe and try to find some information on it?
0: Yeah, you absolutely could. You would actually know that you're kind of due to, to check back in with Roddix anyway. Oh yeah. Perfect. Roddix has already agreed to help you research information on, uh, the Cratorians and kind of share notes and go over. Uh, go over a lot of the Cratorian documents that you were able to recover um, as Rodics is experienced in translating them. So you've actually been meeting almost daily To kind of go over those things and slowly translate bits of it, which you've already done a fair amount of. So much so that, Marco, you're already beginning to kind of grasp the fundamentals of the language already. Between Roddick's casting Comprehend Languages to be able to make rough translations of things that then can be used as reference, you're kind of piecing together the Kratorian language a little bit and you're not quite there yet, but at the rate you're going, you could probably have a functional grasp of it in another couple weeks.
1: Okay. Um, so yeah, I'm going to head to Roddick says I have a lot to talk about at the moment. Mm-hmm. N- not so much as which as I'm currently still holding this nice little strand of, I don't know what the fuck it is. You head
0: out into your anchorage and head to the, the guild's ward and head to the seekers archive of Kratorian research. So shortly after arriving back on Nadir Anchorage, you sought out Rodix anyway, Roddick's being the dragonborn uh, anthropologist that you met on the Stoic Gondolier. And you found out that he was actually working with an, a group of people called the Seekers, which were a bunch of mages and scholars that travel wild space in the pursuit of knowledge. They sound like your kind of people. And they have set up basically base of operations here on Nadir Anchorage specifically to study the Kratorian Empire.
1: Hmm, perfect.
0: And that's where Rodix has been staying. So uh, you head there and head on in and, and you see Rodix, the bronze scaled dragonborn.
1: Roddix, hey, how's it going? Ah, Marco, you're a little bit early. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, Hey, do you happen to, to get some more of those books that I asked for, by the way? Absolutely. I have them right here. Ah, oh, Perfect. Um, real quick, the reason I'm here early is I found something on my bag, and I'm not really sure what it is. And I'm going to pull out the wispy strand of energy and just place it on the table. Could you, uh, can you help me out here? What is this?
0: Mm. He kind of takes it and floats it in the palms of his hand a little bit. Kind of adjusts his spectacles on the bridge of his reptilian snout. Mm. Interesting. I, you know, I... Think I've heard of this spell before. Hmm? It is a, a a rare spell. I've never actually seen it in practice, but is a spell that I believe is called encode thoughts. What you're holding is, in fact, a thought, a memory, or an idea of some
1: sort that was manifested in this form from someone's mind. Um. Oh wow! This is amazing. Um, so this is somebody's thought that is currently stuck to my bag? (laughs) Well, it appears someone would have placed it there. Um, all right, well, let me ask, is there, is, how do I activate it? Do I put it in my own head? I believe you would have to cast
0: that spell again, but I think you can read it if you cast detect thoughts on it as well.
1: Uh, let's do. I don't think I have detect thoughts um in my in my spell book. Um listen, do you is there a scroll over here that I could use for detect thoughts? Do you know detect thoughts? Unfortunately, I don't know detect thoughts, but I might have a scroll. Uh yeah, that'd be fantastic. Um so now Marco's a little like kind of like giddy because <laughs> he's just <laughs> discovered something new.
0: So, he goes back into like a back room of the archives. Uh, and he's in there for a little while. I need to check a thing. Take your time.
3: Leave all this in as diegetic. He's back there a while. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Marco's tapping his foot. He's currently, like,
1: <laughs> popping open a couple of books here. Like, he's made himself some tea. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So
0: Rodix comes back out. He is, in fact, holding a scroll tube. And he says, "Yes, I did have it. Unfortunately, it is the property of the seekers, and uh, I, uh, you would have to pay for it. Unfortunately, um, it is not mine to give freely, uh, as it were.
1: How much is it?
0: Um, this particular scroll would go for two hundred and seventy-five gold pieces.
1: Oh, fuck! <laughs> <laughs> I, I was looking up the costs. Uh, um." <laughs> So do they offer a loan system <laughs> or a pay in installments?
0: <laughs> um we do not unfortunately. Uh there is a bank in town. Oh shit.
2: <laughs> then we're going to role play for the next hour. Marco just getting like totally screwed in a high interest loan.
0: <laughs> Marco, go ahead and just make me a straight intelligence check.
1: All right. Uh woof. Okay.
0: Um, So that's a 23. Holy fuck. So you're not sure if this is a solution or not, but you do remember way back on the Stoic Gondolier, uh, Luckbeak specifically saying that Doar have some psionic abilities, which you think could maybe help. The penguin.
1: Shit. Um, (laughs) 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 He looks over at Roderick. Um, I'll be right back. I'm going to come back a little bit later. Uh, Thanks for that. I hand over three more pages. I was like, here's some other books that I need on the Kratorian script. I'll be back in like an hour. And he (laughs) runs out the door. (laughs) Sure.
0: Hey, everyone. I got a lot of announcements to get through, so let's jump in. Thanks for listening to Tales of the Voidfarer. This is the very start of Chapter 3, and it's a great jumping-on point, so tell your friends. We even have a handy jumping-on guide over at projectderailed.com with a quick summary of the last two chapters. And if you happen to be one of those people jumping on for the first time here, welcome! My name is Nick Uraseva, and I am your Dungeon Master, and I am joined by Fiona L.F. Kelly, who plays Ravness, Tanner Bivens, who plays Marco, and Saker, who plays Luckbeak. Hope you're enjoying this episode so far. It's a little bit different than the way we usually do things. We are skipping forward one month in the timeline from the end of chapter two. So this episode is a series of vignettes spotlighting different moments from that time based on what the players told me when they wanted to do. It was a bit of an experiment, but we're happy with how it turned out and we hope you agree. If you're liking what you're hearing, be sure to rate and review us on iTunes and your podcast platform of choice. That super helps us out and helps lovely people like yourself find the show. Plus, if we don't meet our review quota for the month, Tanner goes back in the punishment closet. So please, do it for Tanner. If you want to hear more of us between episodes, you can follow us on our social media, at Voidfarer Podcast on Facebook and Instagram, and at Voidfarer on Twitter. Let us know what you would do with a month of downtime on the Deer Anchorage. We have sweet, sweet Voidfarer merch ready to be on your body. Available at Project Derailed's Redbubble shop at bitly slash Shop. We just announced we're currently working on a new podcast called Fables Around the Table, an anthology tabletop actual play featuring a new self-contained story and new RPG system each season. The first season will be titled Curse and features the newly kickstarted RPG, The Curse of the House of Rookwood, by Nerdy Pup Games. Follow us at Table Fables Pod on Twitter and Table Fables Podcast on Instagram and Facebook for more developments on that upcoming series. As always, special thanks to our producer Tom Goldwhite for composing our theme song and other original music, with additional music provided by purple-planet.com. Lastly, if you have a podcast, which based on our Twitter following is likely, you should check out Wave. Wave is a tool that lets you take any audio clip and turn it into engaging video perfect for promotion on your social media. Customize it with cover art, waveform, and add subtitles, and you're good to go. Sign up for a plan using our affiliate link, bit.ly slash wavefarer, with two Vs, and you will also be supporting the show. And for that, we thank you. Check that link in the show notes. Okay, I've talked enough. It feels like a month of downtime has passed IRL. Is the coronavirus still happening? It is. Damn. All right, let's jump back in
3: and so that's uh i would say that that's four petals around the rose do you get how the game is played now skirt
0: but they're they're nice well
3: yeah but but So, so they're like representative of something. That one's like, okay, so let me roll again. That's two petals around. Do you understand what the rose represents?
0: But it's a three. Yeah,
3: I, I know. Okay. So like, let me, let me roll. So this, if I change this four to a five, now there's six petals. You hear like the sound of like 10 cups
1: bouncing down the, like the hallway. Marco just comes smashing through. Oh
3: Jesus, Marco. What in the fuck? (laughs)
1: <laughs> uh, Luckbeak, there you are. I've been looking for you. Hell, kid, what do you want? I run over and pull out like the strand and show it to him. Listen, you're psionic, right? Uh huh. That, that's pretty. What well, are you? Hold on a second, Skirk. You can have it once I'm done with it. Are you starting to go? Gr- Skirk can have. Skirk gets excited. <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh, uh, okay. What? Well, yes. Uh, I mean, a little bit. I can communicate with other Doar marco
1: is going to like pull out a book on doar biology okay say i know for a fact that you all are psionic and have the ability to potentially read thoughts sometimes so here we go please try to read this
3: all right now hold on uh what do i get out of this
1: you want what you want five gold pieces
3: Mm, yeah okay (laughs) uh all right uh so you want me to cast detect thoughts on this gray hair or whatever it is?
1: That is correct, yes. It's it's a spell. It's, it's a spell that encodes thoughts. You can put your thoughts into a strand.
3: This is a spell?
1: That's a spell, and it has somebody's thought or somebody's... It has somebody's thoughts in it.
3: Marco, these ain't... I found one of these yesterday. I threw it in the damn garbage can. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah, it was just like hanging off my shirt. Looked exactly like this. Uh, well, let me see what it is. The, uh, I don't know. Maybe it's a commercial or something. Hang on. Who knows? It could All be. All right. Uh, I cast the tech thoughts. You do. On Marco. So y- <laughs> On Marco? Uh oh. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Marco is thinking, read the damn strand to <laughs> <Oops, or." laughs> Gotta wait till a long rest. <laughs> <laughs> Oops.
0: <laughs> yeah, Luckbeak, you reach out and kind of touch the wispy strand and you cast detect thoughts suddenly your vision is overtaken and you see kind of like a weird slightly distorted vision of a scene it's a cave and inside that cave is a wrecked squid ship and from your perspective are standing on the deck of that ship and there are a figure standing to either side of you. You look to your left, and it's Marco. Mm-hmm. And you look to your right, and it's you. Hmm. You see your Doar form standing next to you. Uh-huh. And you the three of you are looking at a figure standing before you, which is a Gith. And he is ancient-looking, wrinkled face, a long, gray beard with long hair going down his back bald on top and these kind of loose, dark red, almost burgundy robes. And he is saying something to the three of you, but you can't hear it. And the scene itself is very wobbly and blurry and you can't quite make heads or tails of it. And then your vision snaps back to normal. Sure.
3: I had no control over myself in the vision, right?
0: No, you did okay. not.
3: Uh, all right, Marco, what's the joke?
1: Um, the, the, there's no joke. Uh, I found this on my bag and didn't really know what it was, figured out what it was, and so... Our, uh, w- what did it say?
3: Well, I don't appreciate whatever it was... You know, it was me and you, and I was whoever was in the middle, and we were talking to some old-ass Gith yankee.
1: Wait a minute. Uh, Ravness was saying something about an old-ass Gith yankee the other day. Didn't use the word old ass, but I mean, I think the point <laughs> still implies... <laughs>
3: Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, she was talking about Old Githyanki ever since uh, the, I don't know, the Beholder battle, right? Uh, So, she's still on that? I guess, um, well,
1: I think with an easy inference, if you were next to this person and I was next to this person, then it stands to reason, since the three of us have been together, this is, um, Ravnus' thought.
3: Yeah, Marco, it's a thought, though, you're saying, not a memory, right? Because, obviously... That never happened.
1: From what I was talking about with Roddix earlier, it, it's a possibility that it could be a, a memory as well.
3: But, but Marco, it never happened.
1: That's fair. Well, I mean, if it comes from somebody's mind, then there's a possibility, whether it's real or not, it's still perceived as real.
3: All right, yeah, sure, I guess. So, Ravnus is having, what, a dream, a delusion, something. I, that girl seriously needs, like, professional... And I'm not saying this to be mean. I truly think it would help her and benefit her to have some professional mental help. Is um... there... It's so weird that in all of Nadir Anchorage there's not one psychiatrist. (laughs) 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 Do you think Jenny's top sale has anything that could help her? Like, there's not one, like, somebody who could prescribe her some... I don't know, anything?
1: I mean... If you want to get laid, I suppose that's some good therapy, but I don't know of anything else there.
3: I could help her, too. She's a little too serious, but I don't know. Um, Sometimes
1: prostitutes are known for being really good therapists.
3: I suppose... No, okay, we're getting off track. So should we go talk to... No, we're not. Keep keep doing this train of thought. All right. so... Uh, (laughs) So what are you suggesting? We go talk to Ravnus about this because i can't like we could tell her about it but what's she gonna say yeah that's the thing that i thought of i guess that that's, will put my mind at ease
1: and that's probably what she is gonna say but it's All something right. more to be pieced together like well first off the, the big question is how did this get end up on your shirt and my back i don't know if yours is the same thing but i don't know Ravness i know ravenous well enough to know that she's not exactly having in encode thoughts just in a spell yeah. book She's not exactly the spell type.
3: Oh, so this this is something somebody spelled up. I mean, you can't just make this by thinking about it real hard.
1: Um, t- to my knowledge, correct. I just learned about this today, but all right, after erotic yeah. went over it with me, yeah, I think it has to be cast.
3: I can't imagine Ravness ever coming close to casting a spell. So, yeah, something's up here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, let, let's go find her. Scourge, we'll figure this out later, bud. But... Yeah. He he said skirt
1: can have thing.
3: Um, yeah, maybe after we're done with it. All right, bud. He said after we're done.
1: After we're done. Uh.
3: Then skirt keep
0: rose dice.
3: Okay. Fine. Take them. It's all right. They're cheap. (laughs)
0: So you haven't actually seen a whole lot of Ravness the last couple of weeks. She'll pop up every now and again in uh, Kondori's Cradle, but for the most part, she's been either uh, in a room in Kondori's Cradle or back on the Voidfarer, kind of just keeping to herself.
1: Let's let's go Kondori's Cradle first. If not, we'll walk back. All right. So Ravness, where would you be right now?
2: <laughs> um, she would probably be like on the Voidfarer ship then.
1: Shit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you guys get up to Kondori's and you pop out and do a once around and then don't see Ravness and just immediately 180 and head back.
1: As we're like walking back. hey okay, look, Beacom. We haven't really had a chance to talk for a while. I'm just curious how you're feeling with everything.
3: Huh? Fine. I mean, I barely even... I don't know. I mean, what do you mean everything?
1: I mean... We had, a you know, some heated conversations with Val in the past, and
3: well, oh. we're still apparently
1: on this crew, and, you know, there's a lot to take in. We just met a race of Warforges that came from another dimension, so...
3: Right. Um, I mean, I guess I'm feeling alright. I really hadn't given it much thought, but that is weird. We found this the Warforge mothership. Yeah, that's pretty pretty bizarre um i don't know everything's good i guess are are you dealing with everything all right
1: yeah i'm fine i mean a lot to to think about but Mm -hmm. i remember for a little bit you were also thinking about leaving the ship and i just was curious if you still had those thoughts
3: i mean i'm gonna lay it with you straight i i'm gonna stay as long as it benefits me to stay I mean, if, if something else comes up, I mean, I'll definitely give the ship my due diligence, but I mean, I love y'all, but I mean, I don't know. Unless, I don't know, unless there's something weird going on between you and me and Ravness. And I mean, I'm getting some weird vibes off this hair. The back of my neck is sort of, you know, the hairs on that are sticking up. I I don't know what it is. Uh (laughs) The feathers on the back of my neck are sticking up. I just I don't know I don't know. It makes me curious and curiosity's enough to keep me around. Well, that's fair. I mean, but- oh, you're back
1: and Skurg have thing now? All right, Skurg.
3: No, no not we're quite not yet. God damn Skurg. Uh,
0: but 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 he said uh, Skurg can have it.
3: Hey, Skurg, I'm gonna take that mustache back from you if you keep talking, okay?
0: <laughs> okay, Skurg, done.
3: Okay. We'll be back. <laughs> Okay. Passing on through. Um, how are you doing, Marco? I mean... I mean, you were never thinking about leaving, huh? No, I mean, I've...
1: Well, to be honest with you, I have everything that I've ever wanted on the ship, but I mean, that could probably be said for most ships as long as they allow me to study. Right. Uh,
3: I mean, if you found another ship that was just as good as this one, I mean, there ain't no reason to stay specifically. Yeah.
1: I feel like there's something about this ship and this crew that, uh, that is intriguing. And I think, uh, maybe a little bit more leaning towards, I like being on this crew, but, uh, all things considered, I think I might also sometimes take a little bit of your, um, your, your thoughts on the matter as well.
3: Sure. I mean, I gotta admit I'm with you. I mean, I, I sort of got a soft spot for these folks lately. I mean, and I hate that because I mean, that means it makes it harder to do anything, to, to go or to, to be flexible, to, to, to submit to that wanderlust that, you know, creeps into everybody's life every so often. I don't know. Being tied down feels weird. Not used to it.
1: Yeah. Right. I mean, I came to this entire world on a hunch and a whim and left like one, the only friend I ever really knew before then, um, on Turrell. So eh, I have to say, I, I, I definitely feel, um, the, the pull and then it's definitely feeling weird to not you know immediately feel that mm. you guys reach that
0: part in the gravity plane where you gotta jump oh shit <laughs> <laughs> I won't make you guys roll you do it but sure. <laughs> you, you well, kind of figured it out by now
3: you figured out uh, the
1: chance. <laughs> Let it be known that Marco still says that. <laughs> that was in character. <laughs> oh, shit.
3: I, I <laughs> oh, think uh, after after you talk about having to leave your best friend behind, I think Lockbeak is unusually quiet for the rest of the time that uh, mm-hmm. that you guys are there until we meet up with Ravnus.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. You guys get back to Voidfarer Cove. You see that the workers that Val hired to come to Voidfarer Cove, the shipwrights, have set up scaffolding along the entire starboard side of the ship. Um, And are slowly filling in that gash that was caused by the Zenith Syndicate Dwarven Draugr ship those weeks ago. And for the most part, that gash has been completely boarded back up. And you would know just from talking to Brohane and, and kind of the crew that they're just working on acquiring enough Cinder Shard, enough Phlogisterite to piece back together the arcane conduits that make up this special kind of ship to get things up and running again. You eventually find Ravness in the crew quarters, sitting near her hammock, just kind of holding the spell shard in her
1: hand. Hey, Ravness, Um, listen, there's been a development. So Marco holds up the, the strand and is like, D- do you know what this is?
2: Ravness is going to look at it and uh, kind of cock her head. Do you know what it is?
1: I do now, yes, but what's on it is very interesting, and that's why I'm asking you.
2: I think at this point, Ravniss is trying not to smile a little bit.
1: Mm.
2: And she goes, all right, so you found one.
1: I did. It was on my bag. Is this your doing?
2: she is still kind of like trying not to smile it's funny uh, I'm I'm sorry Ravenous I
3: thought that you'd be as clueless as we are what are you talking about
2: it's a prank
3: a prank Uh. and how exactly did you pull this one off
2: I tied a bunch of strings to you and Marco
3: yeah strings embedded with memories and thoughts huh yes Ravenous, you can't lie to a liar. I mean, you're really pretty bad at it anyway.
2: I got away with it for a week. No. A week?
3: Don't don't feed into this. Marco, you didn't get away with anything. It's not a prank. What are you trying to do? What can you do?
2: What do you mean?
3: G- M- Ravenous, you don't have any magical... You're, you're magically inept. So what he's pointing at, uh, at what what he said, what he said.
2: (laughs) So how exactly did you make these? Ravness's hair is not braided like it usually is. Uh, it's just kind of loose and she will take one hand and run it through her hair. And when she's done running it through her hair, there is another string in her hand.
0: The one in Marco's hand vanishes. Huh? oh what so marco and Luckbeaker beaker speeches
1: <laughs> yeah marco walks over and starts like examining Ravness's hair from like a distance <laughs> like trying not to be invasive but clearly fascinated. And it's like can you can you cast and code thoughts with your hair
2: no i just do it i i don't
1: how okay can Gith Yankee do this naturally? And he looks around the room.
2: <laughs> no, but I can do it now. Nick, can I roll? Um,
3: I don't know. What's the fucking see if she's lying? Roll insight. Insight. Thank you. Can I roll insight?
0: Yes, absolutely.
3: Thank you. Uh oh boy. Uh,
0: three plus four is seven. <laughs> she's clearly pranking you still. Okay Marco, uh, go ahead and just make me an Arcana check Uh, That would be a 22 Yeah Marco, it kind of occurs to you Because especially like having walked up And Ravnus holding the crystal She's not saying it But you kind of like get the inkling That maybe this is an ability she learned From studying the contents of the crystal
1: It's is that from the shard? Yes. What the fuck else is on that shard? I only saw fighting techniques.
2: Ravnus is going to go and pick up her sword. And when she does, it looks like her sword has flames shooting out of it, but the flames are actually just like purple psionic energy.
1: Marco, mouth agape, that's hot. <laughs> <laughs>
3: just sort of slips out (laughs) Uh, all right i mean that's great i'm glad you know more stuff now i just still feel like i mean why didn't why that specific why couldn't we understand what the gith yankees said i mean why did the squid ship not have like like giant Balls! Like, why did you make it so realistic and yet so banal if it was a prank?
2: That's just what I remember.
3: Okay, so it's not, what do you remember? What is this memory from? You have a memory of me and Marco? It was during the Beholder battle. Okay.
0: That's an interesting thing when she says that because the memory itself did not have the Beholder in it at all. It wasn't a battle. It was you guys standing on the deck talking to this
2: gith. Right. Is
1: this the old man that you were referring to?
2: Yes.
3: So this is what you saw when we were fighting that beholder. Okay.
2: Not then, but after. Right, right. Um, well,
3: it's a hell of a way to rub it in our faces, I guess, that you were telling the truth. Um,
2: there were other things that I put on you. This is just the one you happened to find. <laughs> Oh, all right. How long have you been doing this? About a week. Real real
3: real weird. <laughs> like real weird. <laughs> what a weird thing to do. I can I cannot stress this enough, Ravnus. <laughs> Fucking weird. I...
2: <laughs> you always say I don't understand humor. Yeah. Then that, that
3: trend continues to be true. <laughs>
1: I mean this. This increase is increasingly fascinating. I, I didn't realize that we were directly next to you, whenever you saw the Saltgith Yankee.
3: Well, I mean, does it matter? I mean, it was a, a weird, vision she had, born of whatever, bad pepperoni roll or something, <laughs> and then, <laughs> so she's just showing us what she saw. It don't mean anything.
1: I it's now a matter of it starts to be fascinating and then it gets more fascinating because at first it's an old get Yankee, which is rarely seen as Ravnus as clearly said. And then now it's a very clear, vivid vision with us next to her. Mm. So it gets more fascinating. And now she has cool psionic sword abilities, which is now more fascinating. Boy.
3: Yeah, I know you got again for the second time in a row. Keep it in your pants. Marco. <laughs>
2: Uh, listen come on I I could always do magic I don't know why you're surprised now
3: wait you could
2: you said that all of us could do mage hand you already knew that
3: oh yeah I forgot about that I mean yeah I mean we could all use psionics in the same way that I don't know a donkey can count I mean I guess he could stomp his heel a few times but I mean you can't really do magic (laughs) Anyway, it doesn't matter.
2: (laughs) Sacred, what the fuck? (laughs)
3: That metaphor tracks, right?
2: Uh, Radness's face has gone through this scene from kind of like trying not to smile to just looking very much back to neutral, if like getting a little bit more pissed off at Luckbeak. Fuck. All right. Uh, oh y- no!
3: <laughs> you know, I I think I could sense that on you, and I'm gonna say, oh, mm-hmm. you know what, Ravnus, that was a great prank. I'm sorry I said anything. I'm just gonna head back before we get in any deeper to whatever the hell we're getting into. I'll, I'll be in Kindori's if anybody needs me.
1: Marco is going to look to Ravnus. Uh, that prank was endlessly fascinating, and now I have a lot of research to do. So, um, I'll see you later. <laughs> Bye. Walks away as he's taking notes in his journal, walking. He probably walks into a wall.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Luckbeak, you've still been wanting to go visit Zeke Dooley. The few times that you've swung by there already, since we are now a couple weeks into this downtime. You've been told that Zeke Dooley has been indisposed. And you've been told this by a Doar that seems to be sort of like a secretary, but not really, by the name of Silkfeather Adele. Nice. And every time you've gone in there, she's like, oh, I'm I'm so sorry, Zeke Dooley is, is unavailable. Um, but if you need any help looking around our wares, I can help you out. Yeah. So on this particular day, a couple days after the whole thing with Ravnus's prank, (laughs) Uh, (laughs) you make a point to swing back by, and you arrive at Zeke Dooley's Enchanted Trades and Treasures once again, uh, which is built into the hall of a Doar ship, a penguin-shaped ship that, Luckby, you would know is called an Uspo. Okay. And what is weird is that while it is kind of lodged into the surrounding shipwrecks, like all the other shipwrecks, it seems to actually be in really good shape. Okay. And when you open the door, there's that wham sound. As you look up to the magical jingle bell that doesn't actually ring, <laughs> it just goes "Wow
3: <laughs> Love
0: that. Which is totally not the Gunter noise. <laughs> <laughs> The interior of the shop is kind of like a cluttered mess. It looks like that kind of, like, antique store kind of feel. Mm -hmm. Every available surface has all these, like, weird knickknacks and interesting-looking items. And everything kind of has, like, a supernatural shimmer to it. And you see Silkfeather, who looks up at you. She's wearing kind of, like, a uniform with, like, a purple handkerchief kind of around her neck. And she goes,
3: Oh, Luckbeak, you've, um... You've returned. Yeah. Any uh any chance that Zeke's here today? Actually, I believe he is. Let me fetch him. Oh, alright. She will waddle
0: away and a few minutes pass and a door opens and you see an older Doar accompany her back. He's he's a little bit taller than you, um, maybe a little bit more slender, and you see that he has some like grey feathers in the sides of his face. Mm-hmm. And he is dressed in a like finely tailored like three-piece brown suit without the jacket he's kind of holding the jacket over his shoulder you could see like the chain of a pocket watch coming off of his belt and going into his vest pocket uh-huh and the sleeves of his shirt are rolled up and he goes so I see you're the young man who's so interested in meeting me, Zeke Dooley, founder, CEO and COO of Zeke Dooley's Enchanted Trades and Treasures, LLC. Uh,
3: well, uh uh Luckbeak Humboldt. Um uh,
0: just happy to be here. <laughs> well it's a pleasure to meet you, Luckbeak Humboldt. Uh welcome to my fine establishment. I've seen you already met my uh my lovely CFO, uh Silkfeather Adeli.
3: Yeah, uh, uh, yes, we we
0: have been acquainted, that's true. In addition to helping out around the store, she also handles all the books
3: and numbers. She's smart as a whip, that one. Hey, delis usually are. I'm pretty impressed. Uh, that's good. Cool. Great. Um, So, uh, uh, Zeke, it's, I didn't actually think I was going to ever get to talk to you. I thought you might just be maybe like a fictional character or something. Um, what a weird concept, me being a fictional character. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is kind of weird, huh? Um... <laughs> Listen, I, I I was just happy to meet another Doar. I've been looking for some some, some Doar. Do you know anything about the uh, Foundation for Doar Ventures? That place never seems to be open. <laughs>
0: Do I know anything about it? I'm a chair of the foundation. Actually, I'm the only chair of the foundation here on the Deer Anchorage because I'm the only Doar business owner here on the Deer Anchorage for the time being. Trust me, I didn't really want the job, but the foundation said, hey, you're over there already. Might as well set up a foundation.
3: Uh, uh, uh. Who told you that you had to set up a foundation? The
0: foundation of Doar Ventures spans all of Wild Space. Ah. Higher-ups over there wanted to make sure that they were represented here on the Deer Anchorage. Sure. And since I was an active member, having set up my business in the past and was relocating it here to the Deer Anchorage, getting out in front of the movement, as it were, mm-hmm. they saw it fit that I should lead that as well, but I am a very busy Doar.
3: I'm. I'm sure you are. You're. Uh. You're. You're. You're keeping busy. You're not at your store much. Are you? Uh. You have other ventures in town. I mean, to be honest, what Doar doesn't have other ventures? <laughs> I know what you mean. All right. All right. <laughs> hey, speaking of Dooley, what? Uh, what? What Doar name is that? I mean, what? Uh, what family are you from? He looks a little. Uh. uh make an insight check. Mm-hmm.
0: That's a fifteen. So you say that, and he almost looks almost a little embarrassed mm. that you would call him out on it. <laughs> <that. laughs> Whoops! Between you and me, my uh, my real name wasn't really uh, marketable. Well, it didn't make for a good brand. So uh, Zeke Dooley, you know that, that that has that zips that has some pizzazz. You know what I mean? I
3: see. All right. All right. Okay. Interesting.
0: Well, my my real name is uh, Philo Plume Magellan. And you, you you can understand that's not that's not a strong not really a strong know. brand.
3: Philo Plume. That's got now especially for a magic item shop. That's got some real like wizened old like the doha to it. I kind of like that. I gotta say, Philo Magellan. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, wizened and
0: old is not really a, not really the message we're going for. We're going all for right. uh, zappy and uh, you know head of the curve.
3: Okay, for a magic item shop, yeah, you just got to stay, you know, on top of all those trends. What what magic items are the kids into nowadays, Zeke? <laughs> well, you know, all the kids these days are really into their 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 illusions and their glamours. Oh, all right, all right, interesting. <laughs> well. Listen, Zeke, let me cut straight to the point. I like the cut of your jib. I think you're a smart man. Um, I mean, I was kind of interested in, I don't know, in, in buying a share of the shop. I mean, is that a thing that you're interested in, in putting out there? I'd just like to support Doar. Well, that's a,
0: that's a, a rather interesting proposition you got there, uh, considering we only just met, but, uh, I, I certainly understand the sentiment and, uh, Perhaps that's something we can discuss. Well, sure. Um, well, if you're interested in the shop, uh, would you like to meet the rest of Zeke Dooley Enchanted Trades and Treasures family? There's... And he says family with that, like, corporate emphasis. Hmm. <laughs> There's more than just the Adeli? Of course. And he kind of, like, gestures and leads you back. You see that there is kind of, like, nestled in, like, the cabins of the ship, like, what has been turned into, like, offices. Like, the main cargo area was kind of, like, the showroom. Mm-hmm. But all of the cabins towards the aft of the ship have been kind of converted into little offices. And he kind of opens the door. And you see that there is an office that has all kinds of, like, art concepts everywhere. And there is a Doar... In a chair with his feet up on his desk, smoking a cigarette, and Zeke is gonna say, "This is my CMO in charge of marketing and advertising. His name is Chillfoot Yelloweye." Of oh, pleasure to meet you, Chillfoot.
3: Luckbeak's the name. Luckbeak. Rad. Nice to meet you. Um, hey, good to meet you too. All right. I'm brainstorming right now. Don't mind. No, me. that's hey. Do do your do your thing. Creative's got to create. Sure, I get that. I get that. All about the branding. Are you the Are you the genius behind Zeke? No, that was Zeke's genius. Oh, but okay. I kind
0: of take his vision and distill it into something that can work for the greater company. Okay, you know I mean? all right. Uh, is anybody else back here? Uh, not in this office, but Zeke is going to lead you to another office, uh, and you see that there is a bunch of ledgers and like filing cabinets and stuff in here, and you see that there is another female Doar. She kind of has some glasses on her nose, and she's kind of looking over. Over some papers and Zeke is going to say. This is Little Peck Gen 2. She's our CBO uh, in charge of acquisitions and trade.
3: Uh, Little Peck. That's a beautiful, beautiful name. It's a pleasure to meet you, Luckbeak.
0: It's a pleasure to meet you as well. Uh Little Peck was actually my grandmother's name.
3: Oh, I see. Interesting. Oh, I'm sure she was a beauty too. Oh, uh, you're too you're
0: too kind. And she kind of like awkwardly turns back to her uh-huh. And then Zeke's gonna lead you down to another room that looks like it's a break room. Mm-hmm. And there are two Doar sitting in here, and they are both big compared to you and the rest of these Doar. You would know that they're actually Protector Doar, which are another subspecies. Protector Doar. They're the other sub-race of Doar. So they're actually, like, six inches taller than you and
3: broader and stockier. Oh, okay. Sure, 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 sure.
0: Yeah. So and they're both sitting on either side of the table and you can see that there's two large lances leaning against the back wall and that they're wearing armor that has like the colors of the Zeke Dooley like sign and logo. And one of them actually has this like blade that is strapped to its beak and the two seem to be in the middle of a conversation when Zeke walks in and goes, and these two chuckleheads are flap waddle and dip slide macaroni they're in charge of loss prevention and security.
3: Oh, that's beautiful. Um and I will insert this macaroni penguin is a real species of penguin. I, that's amazing. Macaroni penguin. Yes, you are correct. Yeah. That's incredible. Um I fucking everything left my head when you said that. What what was the introduction again? He, he said
0: <laughs> He said uh uh, this is flap waddle and dip slide macaroni. Yes. They're in
3: charge of lost per-
1: <laughs> Dip <slide> macaroni.
3: <laughs> I can't get through. God, why did I not name my son Dip slide macaroni? Oh, that's so good.
1: Dip slide is a fucking choice. Like
3: I,
0: I texted Saker earlier today saying naming Doar is my new favorite thing. <laughs> Uh, um <laughs> and and Zeke is gonna t- continue
3: saying they're in charge of uh, loss prevention and security. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, wow, this is a uh, spacious back. But by- Luck Beak, by the way, a lot of offices back here.
0: Yeah, pleasure to meet you.
3: Yeah, nice. <laughs> All right, uh, uh, meant a few words. Honestly, that's that's choice. You know, to to speak softly, as they say, right.
0: Sure, whatever you say. All right. <laughs> uh, and Zeke's gonna kind of like turn and, yeah, the two of them, they're brothers. They uh, they didn't have a very uh socialized childhood, but they're they're damn good security.
3: All right, all right. Wow. Well, I guess uh, I mean, I kind of wanted to, you know, support independent Doha, but it looks like you don't really need much support, do you? Well, we have uh. Made
0: uh, quite the operation for myself. I've well, been doing business for uh, many, many years now.
3: Well, hey, more power to you. Um, I guess, uh, I guess I'll just, uh, you know, stop by every so often and and just say hello. I mean, it's 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 good to see fellow Doa up here. I couldn't agree more. I mean, I was
0: uh. Kinda of ahead of the curve, getting out here now new businesses are sprouting up everywhere, and I was kind of hoping at seeing some other Doha run businesses maybe get some use out of the foundation, but uh alas, it hasn't been any yet. I helped uh my friends the flute gadgets get set up, but uh obviously they're not Doha, but they are good friends of mine. They do some research and development for me for
3: some of uh, some of my other enchanted items. all right, those are the gnomes, right the oh, you've met them before, yeah oh, yes, I met the flute gadgets, of course. Good people,
0: yes. Uh, me and Stubbins Fluke Gadget go back quite a ways,
3: and uh, his daughter Amanthe is a chip off the old block. Well, that's fantastic, good to hear. The, the cute kids, um, well, uh, say tell you what, it's a, it's a pleasure meeting you. Um, I, I'll stop by and, and pick something up next time. And uh, hey, I, I appreciate your time there, Zeke. I know you're a busy man. Well, thank you for stopping by. Sorry it took so long for us to finally
0: connect. But uh, now that we have, I hope to see you around. Sure, absolutely. All right, so Luckbeak, as you're leaving Zeke Dooley's shop to head back to the Kandori's Cradle, you feel the sending stone in your pocket grow warm. Really for the first time since you first received this stone mm-hmm. back on the Void
3: Uh, Okay, I pull it out of my pocket.
0: Yeah, and you hear the suzerain's voice saying, Salutations, Luckbeak Humble. I have to say I am pleasantly surprised. I was almost sure you would have disappointed me by running and telling the young Miss Rain about our conversation before, but I am pleased.
3: No, I haven't, because... I don't know quite what you have to offer me yet. I gotta say, I'm very open to any offers, especially one from someone who, I mean, they say flattery is the most sincere form of imitation. No, that's (laughs) not it. But I love your impression of me.
0: (laughs) You are an interesting one, aren't you? Well, you ask what I have to offer, and I have to offer a great many things. hmm But first, I think a test is in order. A simple task. All right. There is a fight coming up next week at an establishment on the Deer Anchorage called the Block and Tackle. I need you to ensure that a particular fighter comes out on top. Do you think you can do that for
1: me, Luckbeak?
3: No, probably not. I mean, I don't have anything to offer these people, and I sure as hell ain't gonna kneecap somebody for your little game. (laughs) What, What are you offering me again? This is just a test? I have a great deal of money running on this fighter, and if you can ensure they win, you will get
0: yourself a fat slice of that pie.
3: All right. Um, that sounds interesting, but... I don't know if I really need any more pie. I'm pretty happy where I am right now. I don't know. I I think uh, I think I gotta say I'm out. Thanks for the offer, though. Luck me. I think it's in both of our interests if I
0: use the carrot here instead of the stick. But rest assured, I do have one hell of a stick standing by. What is that supposed to mean? Tell me, Luckbeak, are you a fan of the arts? I only ask because I've worked with a good few Doha in my time and a former business associate of mine and a good friend, if I'm being honest, was also named Luckbeak Humble back on the Rock of Raw. And I just found it curious. Is Luckbeak Humble a, a common name? Among the Doha? Uh, I'll fix your fight. That's what I thought. The fighter goes by the name of Xanril Thinleaf. He's a newer fighter. Odds are not good for him, but if you could see that he comes out on top, you'll get that carrot I spoke of. And I won't have to use my stick.
3: All right. Any
0: idea who his opponent is? I believe they're still sorting out the matchups, but I'm confident in your ability, Luckbeak.
3: Okay. Uh. uh yeah, yeah. I, c- I can do that. I can definitely do that. Uh, for a slice of the pie, of course.
0: Of course.
3: Uh, I shove the sending stone back in my pocket <laughs> and rush to my destination. Okay. <laughs>
0: Lester lurches backwards, his sword in hand, breathing heavy. He's already beaten and bruised a little bit in this sparring match happening on the gun deck. Robin is sitting off to the side, kind of straddling one of the cannons, Her herself kind of beat up and sweaty as well. And she says, come on, Lester, you're supposed to give her a fair fight. Ravness, you are squared off against Lester, holding your... Long sword, which is now augmented with this psionic flickering energy.
2: Uh, she goes to attack Lester.
0: Okay, go ahead and roll to attack.
2: Natural 20. Oh, shit. She's going to kill this man. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: hope there's a referee. <laughs> it's Robin, who's already gotten her ass kicked once. Go ahead and roll damage.
2: So I roll double the amount of dice, correct?
0: Yeah, you roll all the dice twice. So which also includes your
2: augmented attack. Yeah, it does. Ooh. I rolled max damage. That is 34.
3: Does Ravness have the foresight to be non lethal?
2: Yeah. She she would be not actually trying to kill him. Right. So that was that was some lucky rolls. I wish I got those in something that counted.
0: <laughs> in a real fight, yeah. Uh, Lester, who has, like, stumbled backwards onto his heels from you parrying his most recent attack, is not expecting you to just lunge straight at him and slash diagonally across his chest, leaving a pretty big gash that starts bleeding. And he stumbles backward, dropping his sword, hitting the wall and slumping downward, holding his chest, just barely conscious. Fuck! Robin leaps up from her seat and going holy shit that was fucking awesome <laughs> uh, and, and she's gonna kind of run over to uh, Lester and give him a healing potion <laughs> he takes it and you see the wound kind of heals slightly and he kind of takes the blood that's on his hand and kind of like shakes it off a little bit and kind of slowly gets to his feet Can can I take a turn with the crystal because that shit is crazy and I want it
2: you can't use it and I win
0: (laughs) no okay but the second part was kind of a given I think like holy shit you could have killed me
2: I didn't though
0: yeah because this was a sparring match could you imagine what it would be like if it was an actual
2: fight if this was an actual fight then I definitely would have killed you
0: you know you know it would be really interesting now that you say it what it, this sparring matches and everything we've been doing over this time and helping you learn these new techniques has been all well and good, but, you know, you're not going to get a real test of these abilities of yours until you get into a real fight.
2: Who do you want me to kill? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Holy shit, calm down. <laughs> she says, I heard the block and tackle is looking for more fighters for the fight coming up in four days.
1: Mm. Oh, child.
3: ProjectDerail.com.